you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. Start your Saturday with something that will grow your kiddos' brains and get their creative juices flowing. Join us at LAS in Pasadena for a morning of multilingual readings, interactive performances, and lots of kid fun. It's Super Fun Saturday on June 1st. Get your tickets at LAS.com slash events. LAS Studios. How are you? You want to be on mic? Say hello to LAS. This is How to LA, the podcast that helps you navigate this city. Today, we're talking about the state of shelter pets in LA and what we can do to help cats and dogs and even some other kinds of critters in need. I'm your host, Brian De Los Santos. On a recent morning, producer Monica Bushman and I headed out from the LAS studios in Pasadena down the street to Pasadena Humane. The shelter is super close to our office. We often see volunteers walking dogs outside and doing our pledge drives, they're one of the nonprofits we partner with to provide meals for shelter animals. They've been around since 1903, and they're a private organization, but they have contracts with 11 cities to provide animal control services. At the time we visited, they were housing about 400 animals. We are playing music for the dogs. Um, you know, we kind of rotate that, and sometimes we actually play like audiobooks. Um, oh, wow. So just like give them like a calming more serene environment. That's staffer Kevin McManus, who showed us around the shelter. Um, and another thing, we'll pass a couple of volunteers who just come in and read. So they sit in front of the dog kennel and read aloud to the dog. You know, they read the LA Times or, you know, a lot. we have a lot of kids who do it after school. Yeah, um, I did see that. It's, yeah, it's great for the kids. It's great for the dogs because it's a nice, calm, you know, like a calm environment and, you know, a soothing voice, um, which, you know, for a shy dog, it really helps them to kind of come out of their shell a little bit. Helps make them more adoptable. Yeah. What got us thinking about the state of shelter animals in our region was a chat I had back in December with LA's correspondent, Frank Stoltz. That chat was about city jobs that were going unfilled, some of the reasons why, and some of the consequences. This is Rick Cole, Deputy City Controller. The chronic shortage of staffing has led to filthy kennels and dogs not being walked uh, for weeks and even months at a time. As a dog lover myself who adopted my baby from a shelter, it hit me pretty hard. Some of the statistics are sad. According to the latest report from the city of LA's Department of Animal Services, between the months of January and November last year, there was a 19% increase in the euthanization of dogs compared to the same period in 2022. For cats, it was a 25% increase. Still, the department's overall save rate as of November is 86%. That's just 4% shy of the 90% threshold for a shelter system to be considered no-kill. LA first achieved that status in 2021. 
It was a result of a long-running campaign started in 2012 by Best Friends Animal Society. But the no-kill label isn't one that everyone agrees with as a stamp of approval that things are going well. People who work in shelters don't want to euthanize animals. It's a very hard decision when we do have to decide to euthanize an animal and when we do not take lightly at all. This is Dia Duvernet. She's the president and CEO of Pasadena Humane. She sat down with us to talk about animals and the work it takes to take care of them. A couple of our core values are compassion and kindness, and I really encourage people in the community to have a little more compassion and kindness towards people working in shelters who are trying to show that compassion and kindness to animals. So in our opinion, having an arbitrary percentage of a live release rate doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, no-kill has said if you reach a 90% live release rate, then you're no-kill. But the way that some shelters reach that percentage may be by limiting admission or by holding on to animals longer than uh, should be held on to rather than making an appropriate euthanasia decision in order to avoid going over that 90% threshold. So, you know, that's why we don't call ourselves no kill, you know, and why we say socially conscious. It's a totally different philosophy of sheltering that says, you know, we need to be in service to the community. We need to make appropriate euthanasia decisions. And your live release rate is going to depend on the animals coming into your shelter. Some shelters may be able to have a better live release rate if they have a very healthy population and um, a huge community of folks willing to adopt, whereas some are going to have a a higher euthanasia rate if the, if the animals coming in are are very fragile and they don't have as large of a population available to adopt. So, you know, who's being housed right now in this facility? Dogs and cats, but also other critters? Who are they? Oh, yeah, we have critters, too. We have hamsters and some guinea pigs. We will see rabbits and bearded dragons and snakes and all sorts of pets that you wouldn't imagine. A a lot of people would not imagine. Mostly we see cats and dogs. We do a lot of kittens. We have a very long kitten season in our area because uh, the breeding is uh, related to the climate and warmer temperatures lead to a longer season. And so we see a lot, a lot of kittens here. And also we do the wildlife and that tends to be busier in the warmer months as well. So for dogs and cats in particular, um, what have you seen in recent years in in the number of animals being rescued or surrendered? It's been an interesting few years. Uh, When COVID hit, we saw shelters everywhere saw a, a steep decline in the number of animals coming into shelters, but that has been steadily climbing back up. There is a lot in our area, a lot of housing insecurity and a lot of financial challenges that are leading people to relinquish their pets, especially large dogs are challenging because there's so many housing restrictions and people often will be in a situation where they have to move and their new housing situation won't accommodate pets, especially large pets. Uh, So animals, uh, the large animals are being seen in shelters all throughout the country coming in in larger numbers and you know the adoption demand for those animals is not as great so we've seen a bit of an imbalance in terms of more coming in than going out 
What are specific breeds that you might say, like, you know, right now we're seeing a lot of Huskies or German Shepherds being surrendered, um, and we imagine this is the reason why? Well, you've hit on two of them, Huskies and German Shepherds, lots of those. I think uh, we we kind of think that Game of Thrones led to the Husky oh, craze. Wow. Um, and then people realized that Huskies, you know, need a lot of attention and a lot of activity, and um, they thought it might be fun to have a Husky, but then weren't prepared for um, the requirements of being able to take care of one. Um, German Shepherds, we see a lot of. We do see um, bully breeds quite a bit, um, but we also have lots of smaller dogs who come in and... um, I'll say one thing that we see that is kind of heartbreaking to me with the smaller animals is that often they come in with a kind of neglect that you wouldn't think of, which is they have not been properly groomed for a very long time. They may have nails that are so long that they're curled and, you know, they're completely matted so you can't even see their faces. Um, So, you know, that's part of the sad part of what we do. Most of the animals who come in are, are healthy and, um, and, and, and ready to be adopted immediately. But for others, we do need to provide tender loving care, rehabilitation, medical services. So we have five veterinarians on staff to help with providing all of those services um, needed to rehabilitate animals who might have health or behavior issues. There's also work that the organization does to keep animals from coming to the shelter in the first place. Many shelters have established programs such as our pet food pantry or our um, behavior help um, to try to keep pets with the families that love them whenever possible. Also encouraging families to rehome pets on their own. We provide a platform on our website where they can post an animal and try to rehome it themselves before it comes into the shelter. On the other hand, while we're trying to, you know, find alternatives to shelter admission for animals, here at Pasadena Humane, if there is no alternative, we will always admit an animal in need from our community. And, um... I think, sadly, some shelters are in the situation now where they are uh, turning animals away, Mm -hmm. saying, you know, we're full, but um, where are those animals going to go, right? And so um, we want to be in service to the animals in our community who need us. We work really, really hard on adoption and placement and transfer programs so that we can um, move animals through our system and provide space for more animals coming in. But it is a huge challenge at times and something that we work very hard at. And some shelters, unfortunately, may not have the community of adopters needed to be able to get those animals already in their care into homes. Coming up, some things you can do to help animals in need in your own community. That's after the break. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Pindarvis Harshaw, host of the Right Nowish podcast. Every week, I talk to the people who are creating art and culture and spreading it to the universe. As an artist, you always meet yourself. Every year, you're a different person. Essentially, we normalize a space where you can show up as your authentic self. Check out Right Nowish. 
rooted in California's Bay Area, speaking to you. It's so many people of color, so many queer people. It's like I'm being celebrated in my fullness. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Alleyist has a new live event series with the James Beard Foundation. We Are Where We Eat will go behind the scenes of some of your favorite L.A. restaurants to find out how and why they do what they do. I'm Austin Cross. Join me for the first event where we'll explore how restaurants help make a neighborhood and we'll all have something delicious to eat afterwards. It's May 22nd at the Crawford. Get your tickets now at LAS.com slash events. Let's get back to my conversation with Dia Duvernet, who's the president of Pasadena Humane. Growing up in L.A., the big message to the community was, bay and your, your, your cats and dogs and your animals, you know, make sure that they're not procreating anymore. Um, that has seemed like that's the forefront of messaging, um, at least from my experience. Is that still part of the big, like, campaign? That's definitely part of the campaign, and it has been successful if you look at Long-term trends in the number of animals coming into shelters, it's decreased from maybe close over 20 million prior to these spay-neuter efforts now to about uh, 6.5 million coming into shelters. So it's been hugely successful. And that may actually be part of the reason we're seeing some more animals coming in now. We recently have had a few litters of puppies because during COVID, many of us had to decrease the amount of public spay-neuter that we were providing in order to keep our staff safe, right? We were all distancing from one another, and we really had to focus in on caring for the animals here in the shelter, working in different shifts to keep our staff healthy enough to take care of the animals. And a lot of shelters at that time had to see a bit of a reduction in their public spay-neuter. At the same time, we've also seen a huge shortage in veterinary health professionals, and many shelters are unable to fill their vacant positions. So we're really seeing a bit of a crisis right now in terms of um, shelters' ability to respond to the need for a public spay-neuter. What would be another messaging for folks to get out there? If you're talking to community members and hearing this, you know, I mean, like, hey, this is the state of our of our pets, of our adoption uh, centers. Um, what's another, you know, message that is part of the these campaigns to get um, these animals housed? Well, first of all, if you're a pet owner, we always recommend that you get training for your pet and you know, so that you're able to keep your pet. Your pet doesn't become too much for you. A lot of people don't realize that there are great techniques and ways to train your pet so that some of the problems that we see that lead people to relinquishing their pets don't occur. So um, training is really important. Keeping up with your pet's vaccination schedule, making sure they're spayed and neutered, microchipping so that if they do go missing, we can get them back home to you. I know that it can be challenging these days to find veterinary care, but really important to, you know, keep up with your pet's medical needs. Um, That said, some pets are going to come into the shelter because people have no alternative other than to relinquish them or because they go stray and we are not able to locate their owners and the owners are not able to locate them. So to help the animals that are in shelters, first of all, adopting is the best thing that you can do. We also uh, really rely on foster homes to help too when we're getting 
you know, overcrowded. We rely on foster families to take animals into their homes, especially during kitten season. Foster families will foster young kittens who uh, need to be fed around the clock and who are not old enough to be spayed, neutered, and adopted. So if you're not able to make a permanent commitment to an animal, fostering is a great way to help shelters and help animals in shelters. We also have a very robust volunteer program. We have over a thousand volunteers and so that's a way that we can keep our staffing costs down is by using volunteers wherever we can. So um, I say even if you're allergic to animals you can still volunteer to shelter. We've got plenty of ways that people can help and there are a lot of people who love animals but are allergic and can't adopt but there are other ways to, to help out the shelter pets. That was Dia DuVernet, President and CEO of Pasadena Humane Society. You can find out how to volunteer or donate to Pasadena Humane on their website. And honestly, check out your community animal shelter near you. I'm sure they definitely need the help. Thanks so much for making How to LA part of your day today. If you're not subscribed already, please do so so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Hasta luego. This episode was produced by Monica Bushman. Our other team members include Erica Washington, Evan Jacoby, Victoria Alejandro, and Megan Motel. Our intern is Tony Morales. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.